Welcome to the Uncomfortable Truth Podcast, hosted by the rock star of consulting, Alan Weiss. Be prepared to have your beliefs challenged and your behaviors questioned. Hi, this is Alan Weiss. Welcome back to the Uncomfortable Truth. This week, I want to talk about debt, D-E-B-T, debt, because somewhat recently, the president announced that there'd be a $10,000 forgiveness for all student loans, at least current student loans, I think, uh, depending upon your income level. And so I think it was $125,000 maximum income for an individual or $250,000 for a couple. I think I have that right. Well, debt, of course, doesn't disappear. This isn't forgiveness, it's transference. And so this debt, that $10,000 a shot, is being transferred from people who do not want to or cannot pay the debt to people who would rather not pay the debt but must through their taxes. So the debt doesn't disappear. It merely becomes part of someone else's obligation. You have to ask yourself, why not other debt? Why not mortgage interest debt? Why not car payment debt? Why not overdue tax debt? There are all kinds of debt we can forgive. I think that a large part of this is because there's an election on the horizon. And November is the off-year election when the party in power traditionally loses a lot of seats. In fact, traditionally, the House and or Senate actually go over to the other party, not in power in those houses. So I think this election has a lot to do with it. And already, of course, there are people complaining that there shouldn't be forgiveness of debt because how do you determine who gets forgiven? I don't mean in terms of income. I mean, how about people who paid off their debt five years ago or 10 years ago? How about parents who paid off their kids' college education out of their income and had less dispensable, disposable income? How about people going into college now? How long will this forgiveness last? Then there are others who say it's not enough. It should be total forgiveness. Uh, the NAACP has already come out, you know, within seconds of the announcement, saying it's not enough and it hurts minorities more than ever. I think one of the, one of the um, inappropriate and incorrect myths that um, bedevil us is that everyone should go to college. I mean, have you tried to get an electrician lately? Everyone needn't go to college. We have a vibrant community college system because not everyone goes to four-year colleges or some people prepare to go to a four-year college by going to a junior college first. But a lot of people don't go to junior colleges either. And I'm suspecting that too many people go to college. Uh, that uh, people who should go into the trades or take a year in the military or public service or whatever shouldn't be swept up into this mania to go after higher education. It's not for everybody. I think also that we have to help the disadvantaged. We have to be forgiving and tolerant and supportive and generous. That's why I give a, a scholarship every year to my alma mater, Rutgers. I can do it, and so I do. And I think that the government also has a responsibility to help people who can't afford to pay tuition at colleges to get into college. Not everyone who does go to college has to go to a super expensive college. In fact, for a lot of people, trying too hard and reaching too far is not the best thing to do. We have to make reasonable decisions. So there has to be a balance between helping people 
who deserve to and need to and wish to and, and are appropriate for college, uh, and those people who are simply not accountable. Too many people make the wrong decision. They go to a school that's too expensive or they incur debt without thinking about paying it off. You know, probably if you're going to go into medicine, probably you can pay off hundreds of thousands of dollars of debt over time. And I'm not even sure that that's appropriate. But if you're going to be an English major, no offense to English majors, it's going to be hard to pay off even fifty dollars or $80,000 of debt, especially in the short term. I think that schools are too expensive. I think that there are predatory uh, borrowing practices perpetrated by banks and, and other financial sources. And I think rates are usurious. It's uh, already a question of how, how much largesse, how much generosity do you really spread around? Because this $10,000, which a lot of people feel is, is too much, and a lot of people feel is too little, I mean, it seems to me it's like trying to give Godzilla a snack as the monster walks through Tokyo. You know, you're in for a dime, you're in for a dollar. It's not going to please Godzilla. He's going to want more and more. Uh, this is a form of vote buying to some extent. I don't think it's an accident, as I pointed out earlier, that it's occurring with November in sight. Uh, I think there are excesses here that have to be controlled by universities, by the government, by the banks. And I think that we have to be thinking about the real customer here, uh, which would be parents and kids. And so we're in a system, we're locked into this ridiculous system uh, of too costly a basis for education and too easy to acquire funds that require huge debt and interest payments over time. Uh, when my wife and I went to college, we both took student loans. Our parents couldn't afford to pay the bill. And we paid off those loans over, I think, four or five years after we were married. You know, it was $120 a month. I forget what it was, but we paid them both back. When my kids went to school, uh, we were able to pay out of our cash flow. We were fortunate. You know, we've done well and we were able to invest in our kids. I think every kid should have the ability to get into college based on the merits uh, based on their uh, interest, but not every kid should be forced to go to college. And I also think that not every kid needs to go to Harvard or Yale or Princeton. Uh, there are excellent schools that don't require that much money. And I will tell you what I found. You know, when I went through Rutgers, there were a lot of kids who never should have been there. They were getting their tickets stamped. And when they got out, they were not a whole lot better off than when they went in. But there were a lot of other kids who performed marvelously and underwent a metamorphosis. And my, my conjecture has always been that an excellent student is going to be an excellent student no matter where they go. And you don't need a name school and you don't need a huge campus. You don't even need to stay there, you can commute. And to me it's clear that the old days of housing and clothing and parking and feeding students over four years, and now it's often five or six years, are coming to an end. Remote learning has been in place for a long time. Uh, we've seen universities, I believe Phoenix would be one, uh, where remote learning has been commonplace, it's old hat, uh, for years and years. 
And I think that will continue to be the case. We've seen people successfully matriculate. We haven't seen remote learning nearly as effective in high school for a variety of reasons. But in colleges, we have seen it. Uh, and I think there are going to be more experiential kinds of learning. Uh, and there are going to be a, a variety of, of uh, alternatives for, for people. But the key is that uh, we have to get out of this mindless kind of rut we're in, where everybody is urged to go to college, and the colleges tend to be dreadfully expensive, and the ways to mitigate the cost long-term are draconian. And so we have to free ourselves from this. And I think the first step is not to be so forgiving in terms of debt, because once we relieve people of accountability, we set the wrong model for the rest of their lives. If you're a student with 50 or 100,000 or $200,000 of debt, and the government says we're going to take away part of this, or perhaps someday all of it, what do you think about as you go through life and you incur a mortgage or car payments or obligations of other kinds? Are you gonna wait for someone to come along and free you up? In fact, what I'm wondering is, are people who are contemplating college now, seniors in high school, thinking of applying to more and more expensive schools because it won't matter, no matter how much debt they take on, somebody is going to pay it for them. And while I think we need a combination of public and, and private help for people so that we can provide people who need to and want to go to school to get there, I don't think we want to create an atmosphere where people feel that someday, somehow, someone is going to bail them out. Because in the end, there is no disappearance of debt, not even if you're Houdini. There's only a transfer to someone else. And sooner or later, those people get tired of paying. And I've never seen poverty ended by creating more of it. That's the uncomfortable truth. Thanks for being here. I'll see you next time. You've been listening to The Uncomfortable Truth with Alan Weiss. For free access to Alan's newsletters, audio and video resources, and for information about his global events and coaching communities, please visit alanweiss.com. Thanks for listening. Keep the faith.